Welcome to episode 175 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're looking at Season 8, Episode 4, Roadrunners. The original air date was November 26th of the year 2000. It's got an 8.3 out of 10 for the IMDb user score, and the action primarily takes place in Utah. So this is one where Scully leaves Washington without Doggett to consult on an unusual corpse that was beaten to death in the middle of the desert. When Scully arrives, she ends up in a little community that's not on the map, and she does feel like something is wrong here. One of the locals sabotages her car by putting water in the gas tank instead of gasoline, claiming he just left it out in the rain, which Scully calls him out on, questioning how much rain they get in the desert. And she's actually been trapped there to take care of a patient. Now, we've seen the patient, because in the pre-credits teaser, there was a hitchhiker who got picked up by a bus, and a disabled man on that bus was beaten to death. And then the group of people that killed him turned around and were surrounding the hitchhiker. That hitchhiker is now the host to some kind of parasitic organism that's attached itself at least to his spine if not the brainstem. And Scully tries working with him to try and escape. Her cell phone doesn't work. Doggett finds out that she never made her appointment when he tries to fax information through, and he starts a search for her. What we ultimately learn is that the parasite had taken over the mind of that patient, and the locals worship it as the reincarnation of Jesus, the second coming. And they had been doing this over the years, moving from town to town, as they found different hosts and different hosts looking for one that would keep this thing going forever. They actually implant it in Scully, who is pregnant at the time and begs them not to, in a very disturbing scene. Doggett does come. He's trying to get her out of there, but before he can get her out of there, Scully feels that worm of the parasite trying to attach itself to her brain, and she's already seen that it can take over the host, and demands that Doggett cuts it out of her right now, which he does, and then kills the thing, at which point the locals just stop attacking. They've got nothing left to protect. They don't get angry and violent about it, which strikes me as odd, considering they've been worshipping this thing for years, but it is the reaction that's needed to get Scully and Doggett out of there in one piece. Now, at the end, a lot of fans didn't like the final conversation, where Scully apologizes to Doggett for leaving without him, and admitting that it nearly cost her her life, at which point Doggett says, yeah, you screwed up. You should have brought me with you. Some people found that condescending. I didn't read it that way. I thought he was just being direct, saying, yeah, you did. I I have your back. We are supposed to be partners. And calling her out for what was a mistake. On the production side, this is the first of three episodes of The X-Files directed by Rod Hardy. His best-known works on the IMDb are for December Boys, Marissa Romanov, Thirst, and Mission Impossible. Now, this Thirst is a 1979 film. This Mission Impossible is the 1989 television series. He's also directed an episode of Powers, an episode of Supernatural, an episode of The Mentalist, Dollhouse. Scrolling through his IMDb, most of his work has been directing for television. He's got 63 credits to his name, but there are just a couple 
that are actually theatrically released movies. And these credits do go back to 1974. Now, one of the TV movies I do feel may be notable for our listeners is the Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV movie starring David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. That only receives a 3.7 out of 10 for an IMDb user score. Now, the episode was written by Vince Gilligan. We've discussed his work many times, both on The X-Files and later on Breaking Bad. And he's going to be involved in The X-Files for quite some time longer. The guest cast includes David Barry Gray as the hitchhiker who is the patient that Scully is kidnapped to care for. He's best known for his work in Nixon, The Pact, The Client, and William Tell. 39 credits to his name. Most recently from 2016, the earliest credits are from 1989. Lawrence Pressman is also very recognizable as Mr. Wilson. He is known for playing Coach Marshall in American Pie, Tom Hannon in the original 1971 Shaft, Uncle Jonas Kale in Dark Angel, and a producer from In Good Company. He's got 176 acting credits to his name, dating back as early as 1956. This is his only X-Files credit. Now, Connor O'Farrell is also in this as the sheriff that Scully failed to meet with on time. He's got 99 acting credits to his name, including the role of Gary Evans on The Red Line, which is his current series. I knew him best as undersheriff Jeffrey McKinnon from CSI Crime Scene Investigations. He's also been in The Pacific, Game of Silence, and Stir of Echoes. Now, William O'Leary plays the gas station attendant. He's best known for his work in Bull Durham and Hot Shots. In, in Hot Shots, he was Pete Deadmeat Thompson. 61 acting credits to his name, some of which are coming out now, the earliest of which was Nice Girls Don't Explode from 1987. Now, Rusty Schwimmer plays one of the women from the town. She's got 126 acting credits to her name, including The Perfect Storm, The Belko Experiment, a Little Princess and Twister. Her most recent credits include three films that are either filming or in post-production, so she is definitely still an active actress today, and her credits date back as early as 1988. Now, Brian Dilbeck plays the disabled man or the original host. It's notable that he's only got nine acting credits to his name, and this was the first. He'd later go on to appear in King of Queens, Heartbeat Kid, Dumb and Dumber 2, and uh, a few other movies. And he's also worked as production assistants on The Perfect Catch and Stuck on You. Todd Jeffries has 51 acting credits to his name. He played lead agent Mayfield in the rescue efforts. He's best known for his work on The Colony, Seinfeld, Fabulous Baker Boys, and Executive Decision. In Seinfeld, he played Blaine in the episode The English Patient so just a one-episode appearance. His career dates back to 1986, with Family Ties, Different Strokes, Fame, Who's the Boss, Ellie Law and MacGyver. So fairly regular TV credits throughout his career, most recently in 2017. So that's the basic rundown. Now, as far as the science is concerned, the only real supernatural element is this slugger parasite that can control your mind. And that's not as unprecedented as one would think. There's a number of these in the insect world that can completely hijack the simple cerebral cortex of slugs and things like that. 
so there are mind-controlling parasites. We haven't found any that will control a human mind, but we have found some that influence them. For example, there are parasites that can thrive in cat dung that will cause cats to want to congregate socially and actually cause humans to want to congregate socially with cats. So the crazy cat lady stereotype actually has some basis in reality. We're finding that a lot of people who fit that stereotype have actually been infected with this parasite that makes them crave more company from cats. So as the infection gets worse, it gets compounded, spreads to more cats, and continues. So while nothing exists with this level of control, I'm not going to say it isn't possible. What it would require is an incredibly complex neurology in the controlling entity. It's clear from the way they're interacting that it's actually taken over the mind of the previous patient. So that wasn't the hitchhiker Scully was communicating with. It was the parasite using the hitchhiker's body to communicate. So it's tapped deeply into his brain, taking his sensory input, controlling what he says, how he says it, which means he's got to understand the English language. So again, biology is not my strong suit. I can't say that this kind of parasite or parasitic behavior is impossible, but I am going to say it is far beyond the complexity of any comparable parasite that we've actually discovered so far in nature. Anyway, that's about all we have to say about Roadrunners. Join us again in two weeks' time when we take a look at Invocation. Thank you for listening.